Welcome to the Valley Point Podcast. Valley Point Church is a faith community located in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. Our mission is pointing people to real relationships and real significance. This week continues our series, The Story. Enjoy and thanks for listening. Every Sunday morning, I get a text from my mom, who lives outside of Chicago, and so we don't get the opportunity to be together a lot on Sundays, but every Sunday, she'll send me a text. And so here's what she said today. She said, love you, Eric, praying your Mother's Day message today will be a blessing to all. I'm 46 years old, and I look for this text every Sunday morning, and it's meaningful to me because... It's my mom. So moms, keep having impact, keep leading, keep doing what you do because that is so desperately needed, and it really is a privilege to have you here today. Well, welcome to the story as well. This is week 29 in our journey of walking chronologically through key events and key people in Scripture, and I have absolutely loved doing this. Now, that we're close to the end, I want to throw this out there, because I know of at least one individual who has been here for every installment of the story, and he was actually here at 9.15 this morning, so he is still going strong, and I think that's incredible that he's been here every week, and I'm assuming there's probably a few other people, maybe, who have made it for every part of the story. And so if that's you, I want you to email the address that you find on the screen. Let me know your name and that you've been here every week of the story. And when we wrap this up and put a bow on it on Sunday, May the 22nd, I want to honor you. So I don't want to embarrass you, but I think it's extraordinary that you've been here for every week of the story. I haven't even been here for every week of the story. And so the fact that you've pulled that off, you are a story survivor, and I think that's a good thing, and so we want to honor you on that day, so please help me with that. Two other quick notes as well. We had the chance this past Thursday to feed the staff here at the Garnet Valley Middle School, and this is something that we have done for the past several years. It's our way of honoring them during their staff appreciation week. It's also our way of saying thanks for giving up your space, and we know they put up with a lot, with us being here. And so we get together, we make a homemade meal for them. We served approximately 150 people this past Thursday. And I can't even begin to tell you, when they walk in the room, often they'll say, this is my favorite day here teaching because they know they're getting a wonderful meal. And I know not all of you can be there to serve, but I want to pass that on to you. So if you helped us with setup or teardown, if you dropped off food so that we could serve that to the staff here, thank you so much. I was very proud of Valley Point Church this week and just our desire to be involved right here in the community where we've been planted. So thank you so much for helping us provide a great meal for them. And then on Sunday, May the 29th, we're going to have a very memorable day. Now, I know some of you are asking, how memorable is it going to be? Right? You're asking that, right? Well, let me tell you, it's going to be a very memorable day because here's what's going to happen. During the 9.15 hour, we're going to be packing 10,000 meals that will be sent around the world for those who are impoverished and have great need. 
And this is something we've actually done for the past two years. We've partnered with an organization called Stop Hunger Now. This year, we will actually have packed 30,000 meals together as a church. And all of that goes out to help people in need. So one of the things we say here at Valley Point is we don't want to just get together and talk and learn and discuss how we should be serving others. We feel we need to actually be doing that. And so on the 29th, we won't be in here. We're going to be out in the halls or wherever it is that we set up, and we're going to be packing 10,000 meals together. And so we need a good group to come to that so that we can finish that on time. All right? Because at 11 o'clock, here's what's happening. We have an international children's choir that will be with us on that day, and they will be presenting a concert for us. They're going to be singing and dancing. They're going to warm our hearts, and it's going to be a wonderful day. We're going to actually bring our kindergarten through fifth grade kids into the room with us. And so we're going to pack this place and just enjoy some good music. So all of that takes place on the 29th. Mark your calendars. 9.15, we're going to be serving those who need help and packing 10,000 meals. And then at 11 o'clock, we're going to have this great concert. Okay? Make sense? Here's our upper story statement for today. Let's dive into this. The church is the body of Christ in the world. The church, that's us. If we have trusted in Jesus alone to save us, we are a part of the church. And what we find in Scripture is that the church is the body of Christ in the world. Last week, Ben taught, and he did a wonderful job of explaining how the church began. After Jesus returned to heaven... He sent the Holy Spirit to believers, and the Holy Spirit took up residence within them, and the church was formed, and it was their task, it was their assignment to take the truth of Jesus, who He was, how He came, and He lived, and He died, and He rose again, paying the price for our sins, and when we trust in Him alone, we can be assured of a home in heaven. They were to take that message and share it with others. That brings us to a guy named Paul. Now, who's that? Paulie. We're going to talk about Paulie today, but before we get into who he was, I want to take just a few moments to think about this new organization, this thing called the church that began in the book of Acts. So, in Acts chapter 1, what we discover is that Jesus is alive, and he is still talking with some of his close followers, and he's sharing some detailed information with them about what is coming next. He's about to return to heaven, but he's going to send the Holy Spirit, and he wants to encourage those with this new information. And so here's what we read in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. Jesus says, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And here's what you're going to do. Here's what's next. You will be my witnesses. So you're going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes, and your job will be to be witnesses for me. What does that mean? Well, it means this. You're going to tell people about me everywhere. In Jerusalem, which is where they were headquartered at the time and where this conversation took place. So you're going to tell people about me right here where you live, and then that's going to spread throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So what we discover in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, is the plan. This is the model. So how is God going to get the word out 
about Jesus and how he changes lives. Well, what we discover right here, this is the plan. This is the model. It would begin right in Jerusalem, and then it would carry out to Judea, and then eventually Samaria, and to the ends of the world. This makes sense, right? So I want you to look at the map on the screen. I know it's Mother's Day, but i got to give you this map because I love maps. And it kind of makes sense of this model and this plan. So what we see here with these red-ish circles, the smallest circle is approximately where Jerusalem is located. And so the plan is that the gospel, or the good news about Jesus, he came, he lived, he died, he rose again, it's going to begin right here where we live. But we can't keep it here because there's a lot of people outside of Jerusalem that need to hear about the life-changing power of Jesus. And so it's got to spread to Judea and to Samaria and eventually to the ends of the earth. This is a plan that makes good sense. Here's the question, though. How does God actually get the gospel or the news about Jesus to spread? How does that happen? This is many years ago. This is a long time ago. So it can't spread the same way that it spreads now with all of our social networking and media. It's just not the same. So how is the truth about Jesus going to get out to other people? Well, this is what begins to get unpacked for us throughout the rest of the book of Acts. So it happens in an unlikely way. So here's how it happens. Are you ready for this? Two words. God uses persecution and Saul. And that's how the truth about Jesus spreads. Persecution and Saul, who eventually changes his name to Paul. That's our guy, Paulie, and we'll talk about him. So God uses persecution and then Saul, who becomes Paul. Persecution. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun, doesn't it? Like, does it really have to happen that way? Isn't there something better that could take place in order to get the news about Jesus out? Well, persecution is indeed what happens to the early church, and it was brutal for them. Suetonius, a Roman historian, records that the Roman emperor Nero, who was ruling at the time, he inflicted punishments on the Christians a sort of people who held a new and impious superstition. In other words, he's writing that these Christians, keep in mind this is a brand new thing. Nobody's ever heard of them before. So this is a new organization, the church and Christ followers. These people are a bit odd. Like they're kind of out there. Other pagan writers at the time talked about how the church, these followers of Jesus were actually atheistic, superstitious, and antisocial. In other words, these Christians are weird. These new followers of Jesus, they're just really strange. And as a result of that mentality and that kind of rhetoric, a wave of persecution broke out on this new organization called the church. And with that persecution, they began to move out for their own safety. A lot of this persecution was being driven by a guy named Saul, somebody who was not a believer in Jesus, and he was given the responsibility to stop this new movement. Like, we got to cut this thing off. 
People are talking about Jesus, how he lived, he died, he rose again, he went back to heaven. We're not sure what all of this means, but it's a little odd and it's strange and we've got to stop the movement. So Saul, you get out there and you terrorize this new organization. Now, in one of the unique stories in Scripture, in Acts chapter 8, and if you have a Bible or a device, you can go ahead and find that. I'm going to begin reading with verse 3 in a moment. But in one of the unique stories in Scripture, here's what happens. Saul is on his way to a city to persecute and to terrorize the church. Like He's going to stop this thing. And uniquely, Jesus meets him along that road and everything changes. So here's what that sounds like. Acts chapter 9, verse 3. As he, Saul, was approaching Damascus on this mission, a light from heaven suddenly shone down around him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Saul asked. And the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Verse 8, Saul picked himself up off the ground, but when he opened his eyes, he was blind. So his companions led him by the hand to Damascus. Now there was a believer in Damascus named Ananias. And the Lord spoke to him in a vision, and he said, Hey, you there, Ananias. Yes, Lord, he replied. Well, the Lord said, here's the deal. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to go over to Straight Street to the house of Judas. When you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He is praying to me right now. But Lord, exclaimed Ananias, wait a minute here. I've heard many people talk about the terrible things this man has done to the believers in Jerusalem. We know about this guy. And he is authorized by the leading priests to arrest everyone who calls upon your name. You can hear this conversation, can't you? Like, wait, wait a minute here. T- time out, God. I mean, I know you're talking to me, and you're asking me to do something, but this guy, Paul, is not a good man, or Saul at the time. He is persecuting the church. That is his job. I've heard about him. And certainly this is not part of your plan. You don't want me to really talk to him, do you? Verse 15, but the Lord said, go, for Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to kings as well as to the people of Israel. A remarkable verse. Wow. This man who has been doing a lot of harm, he's actually my chosen instrument. And he's the one who's going to carry the message. He's the one who's going to get the word out about Jesus. So Ananias went and found Saul. He laid his hands on him and said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight. And he got up and was baptized afterward. He said, I'm really hungry. (laughs) I'd like some food after all of this. And then he regained his strength. What happens next is if you were to continue reading in the book of Acts, you would discover that Saul changes his name to Paul. 
as a way to signify all of this internal change on the inside. And this individual who was going after the church is all of a sudden now helping to build the church. Keep in mind, God said, the gospel's got to get out from this location called Jerusalem. And I'm going to use some persecution and then I'm going to bring along a guy named Saul. He's going to drive you out, and then I'm going to change his life forever, and he's going to help be a carrier of the truth of Jesus. Quite an amazing plan. Well, what happens after that is this individual who was known as a persecutor, he just gets really passionate about the truth of Jesus. And over the next eight to ten years of his life, he takes three missionary journeys Again, with that, he's taking the gospel out. The word is spreading. He becomes the greatest missionary, really, that the world has ever known. The gospel getting out. In addition to that, this individual who is persecuting the church actually ends up writing about half of the New Testament. So when you think about the Bible being the best-selling book of all time, here's an individual who started out against God, God changes his name, he changes his life, and he's actually an author in this book that we benefit from today, over half of the New Testament. In addition to that, God used this persecutor to launch ten churches. Ten. So this individual who's passionate about ending the movement becomes the very one who carries the movement forward. Only God. Only God can do something like this. And this is where I think the book of Acts really comes to life. Like when you begin to discover all of this and read about Saul who becomes Paul and all of these missionary journeys and these churches that he plants, well, the book of Acts just comes to life. The book of Acts is a history book. It's written by an individual named Luke who was a physician and this book has a specific purpose. So Luke, the author, wrote it to accomplish something very specific. Here's the purpose. Luke records the events surrounding the progression of the gospel message from Jews in Jerusalem, that's where it started, to Gentiles in Rome in order to show that the kingdom will be populated with believers from every race And when you start with Acts chapter 1 and you flip all the way through to chapter 28, which is the last chapter in this book, what you find is that's what happens. Starts in Jerusalem, the truth about Jesus, and then Paul begins to carry that out to Judea, to Samaria, and eventually to the ends of the earth. And quite honestly, we're here today because of Paul or Saul, the persecutor. So if that doesn't happen, the truth doesn't get out. And here we are today at the ends of the earth. We're benefiting from all of this. Okay, that makes sense, doesn't it? And that's decent information about Acts and Luke and Saul and Paul and God's plan to get the word out. How does this intersect with our lives today, though? Like, what do I do with all of this information? What about my story? Well, on this Mother's Day... I want to give two applications that I think are very appropriate based on week 29 of the story. So here's application thought number one. And that is if God can use Paul's life to carry the story of Jesus, he can use me. Right? Like, can he? 
I mean, here's someone who's out doing physical harm to people on a mission to end the movement. And God gets a hold of his life and just changes it. And Paul becomes the greatest missionary ever. If God can use somebody like Paul, he can certainly use someone like me. Do not underestimate what God can do through your life. All right? Listen, I want you to know that today. Because I think we're really good at underestimating what God can do through me. Because we know all of the junk on the inside. All of the things we want to hide, the things we don't want people to find out. And because of that stuff, because of my past, because of things that are back there, God certainly can't use me. But if anything, from the book of Acts, what we get, what we understand is that if God can use somebody like Paul, he can certainly use me. My story, my failures, my sins, the junk in my life that I hate and I wish wasn't there, all of the embarrassing stuff. I'm sure Paul felt all of this. He was on a mission to kill people. But don't let the past eat your future. Okay? God wants to use all of you. All of you. All of you. And moms, lead the way on this for us, okay? I think moms are great at really believing deeply in the people around them. Like they just have this inner drive, like you can do it and you can accomplish this. And so we need you as moms leading the way in helping us to understand that God can use me in spite of who I am and what I've done. So moms, please lead the way on this. If God can use Paul's life, he can use me. He can use you. Secondly, Paul's passion for helping people find and follow Jesus was strong. So here's the question. Where is my passion for pointing people to Jesus? See, I think if God has done something on the inside of us, this is a hard thing to keep down. Because it's good news. That's what God calls it, the gospel. It's the good news of what Jesus has done. And so Paul became really passionate about helping people find and then follow Jesus. I think what we all need to wrestle with on this Mother's Day is where is my passion for helping people find Jesus? Something we should all consider. So what do we take away from this historical book called Acts, written by Dr. Luke? Well, if God can use Paul, that's great news. It's really good news. Because that means God can use me and God can use you. And it's an opportunity for all of us to evaluate where is my passion for pointing other people to Jesus. Father, we come before you on this Mother's Day. And what an honor it is to look into your word and to have it challenge us and speak into our lives. God, I know that as I was studying this and preparing this, really challenged with sometimes how I will let the past eat my future and assume that God might not be able to do something with me and those are all feelings that we've got to push out and thoughts that the enemy gives to us to destroy us and to hurt us. So God, I pray that today, in the midst of celebrating moms and having a wonderful day, honoring important, beautiful people, that we would take time to say, if God can use Paul, he can use me. 
God, I pray that you'd help moms to lead the way on this. They're so good at it. And God, then would you help each and every one of us to also consider, where's my passion right now for pointing people to Jesus? Because if you've done something on the inside of us, we should be pointing people to you. So bless us today as we celebrate. We do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. We'd also love to have you join us on any Sunday morning as well at the Garnet Valley Middle School at 9.15 or 11 a.m.